0: The Local Government News Roundup is proudly supported by Davidson. For 30 years, Davidson has been strengthening the local government sector by identifying and providing the people, expertise and experience that local government needs to enhance its capability, productivity and performance. Davidson is nationally recognised for its executive recruitment services and over the past four years has built a business advisory practice rapidly evolving into one of the nation's foremost and trusted local government business consultancy firms. The Davidson methodology and approach is simple. Thinking beyond now and aiming to be a valued partner with your local government, not just for the immediate project, but for the next 30 years. Speak to Justin Hanney or Seamus Scanlon to find out more or head to davidsonwp.com.au. Davidson, your future, your partner. Hello, welcome to the Local Government News Roundup. I'm Chris Eddy and coming up today, more councils call for an end to aggressive behaviour toward council staff. Councils defend their record on housing development approvals. An inquiry hears about confusion and bureaucratic red tape in the wake of last year's major floods. A Gold Coast councillor remains in office for the moment despite being charged with murder. A threatened legal challenge as Adelaide City Council drops the prayer from its meetings. Claims that a trespass ban on a Darwin councillor may be unconstitutional. And a no-confidence vote in a US mayor as tensions come to a head. Just some of the many local government stories getting our attention today. Let's round them up. Thanks for joining me for the podcast today. It's great to have you here. Our program is brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association, the national broadcaster on all things local government, and by Snap, Send, Solve, in the business of keeping shared spaces safe, clean and great to be in. Now, let's get into the Victorian roundup. Firstly, Hepburn Shire Council is deeply concerned about an increasing trend of aggressive behaviour and lack of respect towards their staff. Chief Executive Officer Bradley Thomas said there's been a significant rise in incidents of occupational violence directed at their staff. This behaviour includes staff being verbally abused, shouted at or sworn at in public places like the street or supermarket. While acknowledging that mistakes can happen, the council has emphasised that poor behaviour towards staff is not acceptable. They're encouraging community members to address any concerns in a respectful manner through the available mechanisms. Mayor Councillor Brian Hood also emphasised that council staff and councillors deserve a safe workplace and that verbal abuse and threatening behaviour, including online abuse, will not be tolerated. Bulloak Council has also reported an increase in aggressive behaviour towards staff, saying it's reached unprecedented levels. Acting CEO Hannah Yu said some staff members are being targeted with abuse outside their homes at night. MAV President David Clark told the ABC that local government workers deserve to feel safe and he lamented a general lower respect for authority and government in today's society. More on what a New South Wales Council is doing about online abuse in our National Roundup. As the state government prepares to release housing reforms that are widely expected to remove some planning and development powers from councils, the Age has reported on a last-ditch defence from councils. The Municipal Association of Victoria is gathering data to persuade the state and federal governments that councils should not be blamed for the housing crisis. Despite complaints from the property industry, councils claim they process the majority of apartment building applications on time, and independent analysis supports that. SGS Economics has found that almost 90% of approved applications are processed on time. Councils such as Whitehorse, Maribyrnong and Melbourne say the bigger problem is that developers only act on their permits when it's economically advantageous to do so. There are 420 active permits that have not been acted on in Whitehorse, over 200 in Maribyrnong and more than 100 in the City of Melbourne. The Age article also looks at the early track record of the City of Melbourne's housing agency, Homes Melbourne, which is yet to build any homes on council land since its inception in 2021. And in related news, the City of Melbourne is reportedly looking at introducing a yearly fee and a 180-day rental cap on short-stay accommodation providers. Lord Mayor Sally Capp has told the Australian Financial Review the moves were being considered due to a shortfall of around 5,500 affordable housing units in the city, with the rental vacancy rate sitting at just 0.8%. A $350 annual fee is being considered, along with a tax on hotel stays and short-term rentals. The Council is set to vote next week on new local laws that are aimed at turning short-term accommodation into longer-term rental options. The Mayor and the CEO of Campaspe Shire Council have presented at a public hearing for an inquiry into the handling of the 2022 flood event in Victoria. They highlighted several issues that hindered efforts to effectively respond to the disaster, described by Mayor Rob Amos as the most traumatic and devastating event of its kind in memory in the Shire. A major issue was a lack of role clarity and accountability among the Victorian Government's Emergency Management Victoria, Vic SES and the Council. They said the lack of clarity led to confusion and misunderstanding in the community, which fueled angst and directed blame for decisions towards the Council when the decisions had been made by other authorities. Other highlighted issues included lack of resourcing for Council staff, data sharing concerns and bureaucratic blockages and delays with funding. Central Goldfield Shire Council has decided to transition away from delivering in-home aged care services starting from March next year. The decision was made after an extensive review process that involved both staff and community consultation. The Council currently provides aged care services to around 630 clients who receive the Commonwealth Home Support Program, which includes services such as domestic assistance, personal care, home maintenance and social support. The Council's review, conducted by an independent agency, identified difficulties in complying with the Commonwealth's new model of aged care service delivery. The financial viability of the council to deliver the services has also been affected by a shift to a competitive model and changes in the Commonwealth Government's payment structure. Central Goldfield Shire Mayor, Councillor Grace Lavella, said it was without doubt the biggest decision the council had faced during its term to date. Some Victorian briefs for you. A rainbow ball in the northeast of the state is likely to go ahead, but no date has yet been confirmed. The rural city of Wangaratta has confirmed to the Border Mail that it remains committed to staging a ball following the postponement in June of this year's event for safety reasons. Frankston City Council and St Kilda Football Club have joined together to launch a healthy futures hub in Seaford this week. Mayor Nathan Conroy said the Hub brings together 12 organisations with services relating to learning, wellbeing and physical health available to everyone regardless of age or ability. A joint council circular economy program has been shortlisted for a Tidy Town Sustainability Award. The Go Full Circle project supports local business owners in the cities of Stonington, Borondara, and Melbourne to embed a circular economy approach into their business operations. And the State Government has announced the latest round of the Growing Suburbs Fund aimed at supporting critical community infrastructure in Melbourne's 10 Interface Council areas. Applications of up to $2 million for the new round close on the 20th of October. There's a total of $10 million available from the fund in the current financial year. listening to the local government news roundup with Chris Eddy. It's National Roundup time. Some of the stories making local government news across the country this week. And the Federal Local Government Minister, Christy McBain, is facing criticism after sending a letter to every mayor in the country urging them to back a yes vote for the voice referendum. The Daily Telegraph reported that the letter sent last month told mayors that a yes vote would help bring about practical change and would be legally sound. The opposition has criticised the minister for using resources to advocate for one side of the debate, while Minister McBain's office said she was responding to stakeholders who'd been seeking information about the referendum. In Queensland, Gold Coast Councillor Ryan Bailden-Lumsden has been arrested and charged with the murder of his stepfather. The 30-year-old councillor was charged after police were called to a disturbance at a house in Arundel this week, where they discovered the body of a 58-year-old man. Councillor balden Lumsden was elected in 2020, becoming the youngest person ever elected to the Council at the time. It's understood he remains in his Councillor position for the time being. Deputy Premier and Minister for Local Government Stephen Miles is believed to be seeking definitive legal advice about the impact of the murder charge on the Councillor's status. His lawyer entered a plea of not guilty on his behalf at a court hearing on Thursday and is believed to have lodged an application for bail to be heard in the Supreme Court As soon as possible. Meanwhile, the City of Gold Coast is proposing a relocation of administration staff from the Narang precinct to existing offices in Bundle. CEO Tim Baker said the relocation presents an opportunity to explore the development of a community hub at the Narang site. Additionally, the plan involves reducing the number of large depots from five to three across the city while creating smaller satellite depots for increased efficiency and improved customer service. The proposed changes are estimated to save approximately $93 million over 10 years. Consultations with staff will begin soon and a decision about the vacant assets resulting from the changes will be made next year. 26 candidates have nominated for the vacant position on Fraser Coast Council following the resignation of Darren Everard. They've each been allocated five minutes to present at a special council meeting on the 6th of September. Councillors will select the replacement councillor by secret ballot using an optional preferential voting system. To New South Wales, and the Deputy Lord Mayor of the City of Sydney has received unanimous council support for a motion to the local government New South Wales annual conference for statewide support for drag storytime events. Councillor Sophie Ellsmore told news.com.au that the motion is on behalf of the community and local LGBTIQA activists who are concerned about recent organised attacks on drag storytime events and incidents of hate speech. The motion seeks to prioritise safety for performers and attendees and to ensure that performers receive full payment for events that are cancelled. A similar motion is expected to come before the Inner West Council soon. The Snowy Monaro Regional Council has voted to take action to protect councillors and staff from social media posts that threaten, intimidate, harass, humiliate, slander, defame or troll them. Mayor Norell Davis said the new policy position was an occupational health and safety measure and that without a policy in place, the police have limited options to address such matters. The resolution means the council could also take legal action where appropriate and report incidents to the e-safety commissioner. About Regional has an account of the discussion and debate amongst councillors as well as submissions made by the members of the public who were not in favour of the introduction of the policy. The council will likely consult the New South Wales Attorney-General and the Minister for Local Government about the policy and seek support from local government New South Wales about the lack of legislation covering social media activity. On to South Australia, and Adelaide City Council has voted to change the prayer at council meetings to a non-denominational pledge, focusing on good governance and the well-being of those being served. In Daily reported that the public gallery at this week's council meeting was full in anticipation of another protest by Councillor Henry Davis, who's been reading the opening prayer aloud, despite an order from the Lord Mayor to do it silently. But instead of a protest, there was a legal debate over whether the prayer could be changed without a two-thirds majority voting in support. Councillor Davis was outraged after a procedural motion ended the debate and prevented the discussion of an alternative prayer. He's now announced plans to issue legal proceedings against the city, despite the Lord Mayor and the CEO confirming legal advice that under local government regulations, non-discretionary procedures such as the prayer only require a majority vote. In Tasmania, Hobart City Council's Planning Committee has granted approval for the removal of the William Crowther statue and the installation of temporary signage in Franklin Square. This decision was made as part of a development application filed by the City of Hobart, which is the land owner. The removal is conditional on obtaining approval from the Tasmanian Heritage Council for the storage arrangements of the statue. One of the councillors opposed to the statue's removal was reported to be absent from the vote, choosing instead to go on Sky News to talk about the, quote, statue's disrespectful and nonsensical removal nationally. In Western Australia, two City of Vincent councillors have said they will contest the upcoming mayoral election after incumbent Mayor Emma Cole announced that she'll not be seeking re-election after six and a half years in the role. Councillor Ron Alexander, a former AFL footballer and the inaugural coach of the West Coast Eagles, says he plans to return some council work to in-house divisions for better value for money, while Councillor Suzanne Warner will run as an independent candidate for the position. And the West Australian reports today that former leader of the WA Greens, Addison Zaymon, will announce her candidacy for the position as a self-described independent progressive candidate. Nominations for Council vacancies open next Thursday with Election Day set for October 21. This year's Council elections will be the first to offer preferential voting under new reforms to the sector. And to the Northern Territory and a leading law and politics academic has said that Darwin Council's ban on Councillor Amye Un may be unconstitutional. The NT Independent has reported the views of Professor Graham Orr of the University of Queensland Law, who said the council may have failed to follow proper process for dealing with a simple code of conduct complaint, leading to the councillor being barred from attending meetings. Professor Orr has cautioned that codes of conduct can only result in reprimand or counselling and hard sanctions for offensive political speech are not constitutional. The report also raised questions about the appropriateness of a complaint by Mayor Convats-Carlos to the local government association of NT, of which he is president, and given the trespass order was issued before the complaint has been dealt with. Briefly now, Independent Councillor Brendan Christie has resigned from Blue Mountains City Council for health reasons after 11 years on the council. The Blue Mountains Gazette reports the council is expected to ask the state government to dispense with a by-election as the next elections are just over 12 months away. Meanwhile at Lake Macquarie City Council, Independent Councillor Luke Cubis has resigned. The Newcastle Herald reports the council will consider on Monday whether to request keeping the position vacant and skip a by-election, estimated to cost around half a million dollars. The General Manager of Uralis Shire Council, Kate Jessop, has resigned after three and a half years in the position and is taking up an Executive Director role at Shell Harbour City Council. Tony Avaray has been appointed interim general manager at Urala for up to 12 months until the commencement of a contracted general manager. The council is inviting proposals from consultants to manage the recruitment process. And the Facebook page of Goulburn Mulwari Council has been compromised through a cyber attack. The council says it's working with Facebook's parent company and Cyber New South Wales but warned the page may not be recoverable. It confirmed that no other council platforms have been impacted. Now on the local government news roundup, it's time for the international spotlight. As always, so much going on internationally. Here's just some of the stories that caught our eye these past few days. Some research conducted by the BBC has revealed a combined shortfall of at least £394.8 million over the next two years... At councils in Wales, the councils say they've balanced the books by spending money set aside for unexpected costs, but that is not sustainable longer term, with school budgets stretched and the cost of providing social care soaring. One council leader has said they're getting to a point where his council will only do what it legally has to. The Welsh Government has blamed inflation and economic mismanagement by successive UK governments for the difficult financial situation. A UK government spokesperson responded, saying it had provided record levels of funding to the Welsh Government, resulting in 20 per cent more per head than in England. The UK's leading union, Unite, has this week announced strike action at an initial 23 local authorities over a pay dispute. Workers at Chesterfield Council will be the first to take strike action this coming week, with others to follow during September. The union says the action has been prompted by a dismissive and patronising letter from employers who've offered a full and final pay offer that they've described as fair in the circumstances. A mix of Welsh and English councils are among those to have secured mandates for strike action. In the US, a council in Missouri has passed a vote of no confidence in its mayor this week. Five of eight members of Jennings City Council signed a letter criticising Mayor Gary Johnson for pursuing personal vendettas, dismantling city government, sowing chaos and inviting litigation against the city. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch has reported on the resignations of a number of city employees due to a hostile work environment that they say has been created by the Mayor, with a number of other resignations said to have been forced by the Mayor. Tensions have been rising for some time, and they came to a head when the Mayor issued a stop work order on a new city centre construction project. Efforts have reportedly commenced to have the Mayor recalled. In the Texas city of Amarillo this week, the council there has voted unanimously to fire its city manager without cause. Jared Miller has been removed from his position and granted a $767,000 severance package. According to the local ABC news station, the council has not given any specific reasons for the termination. It has installed an interim city manager and the mayor says he's determined to get the next appointment right and that it may take six to 12 months. And finally, from New Zealand, an Auckland Council committee charged with finding budget savings says it has reached its $5 million target. The Revenue, Expenditure and Value Committee reached the target through line-by-line reviews, interest cost savings and insurance premiums but it has acknowledged that the one-off nature of the savings and the ongoing financial challenges will require further investigation. They'll continue working with council staff to identify savings opportunities for the next financial year and beyond. There's your weekend update from the Local Government News Roundup, recorded Saturday the 26th of August 2023 and brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association with support from Send Solve. You can find links to the stories we've referenced in the episode and a full transcript at www.lgnewsroundup.com. While you're there, check out the latest breaking news updates and learn how you can support The Roundup by becoming a subscriber through a small monthly contribution, which you can cancel at any time. The Local Government News Roundup is recorded in the city of Greater Geelong, Victoria, on the land of the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation thank you for listening. There's more local government news coming away with our midweek edition due on Wednesday. Until then, bye for now.